are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Yes. Getting tired easily. They're right up in my uh, my lung space. <laughs> oh, really? Up in your lungs? Well, I um, when I did the last uh, ultrasound, they said they're already up in your rib cage. It's like a bit oh early. My... They've decided to stack. That's so sweet. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> Not for me, but it is a bit funny. I would think they would go side by side a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, gosh, where are you up in Canada? Toronto. Toronto, that's right. Toronto. And yeah, that's Toronto. Yeah. That's a, sort of closer to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Not that far from New York State. Yeah. You had children before you started trying in your 40s. Yes. Yeah. I had three kids in my 20s. Uh, we planned the first two. Oh, yeah. And the third one, we did not. <laughs> I was on an IUD. Oh, my goodness sakes. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't go quite as planned. But, uh, yeah, we were pretty happy about him anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, it all went pretty smoothly. I'm a little bit prone to... Um, obstetric cholestasis but you know it's oh. not a huge major thing what is that um it's uh where your liver starts to struggle with bile and it starts spilling oh. it into your blood it oh. makes you very itchy oh um, there is a risk uh late in the pregnancy for stillbirth so they tend to prefer oh. to induce early or at least just watch you closely depending on your numbers okay they can check but, your numbers uh, yeah That's i mean good. like in terms of i think if you're comparing it to a normal pregnancy it's like twice as dangerous but i think it's like going from 1% stillbirth to 2% stillbirth like to make it sound really scary. No, of course. I know. And that's the truth. I, I remember thinking that sort of thing myself. Like, okay, this this is the risk, but really the risk is just much smaller. Th- yeah. The difference between like how they interpret the numbers and what the actual real numbers are like, yeah. can we put this into perspective before we panic women? Yes. <laughs> yes. When did you start trying for this little one? How old were you? Um, I was 40. Um, it was just after my youngest died of cancer. Um, we, yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, but yeah, he, um, he got sick and he died pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and we decided, um, he was he just turned 12, and oh. so I thought, you know, we thought we had at least six-plus years of oh. parenting, and at 40, I wasn't yeah. done. Like, my oldest was turning 18, my middle was turning 16, and we thought, we're not done. Oh. Um, we talked about foster parenting at first, yeah, and um, I think we weren't quite ready to do that um we're thinking maybe a little bit later so then we discussed getting my husband's vasectomy reversed we tried that and I said well while you're doing that I'm gonna go and find out if I'm still fertile (laughs) (laughs) well apparently you are (laughs) yeah uh they said my numbers were pretty good but if you're comparing me to like someone in their 
like 20s, early 30s versus someone who is 40, I definitely look like a 40-year-old according to like my yeah um, my egg numbers. And so like they're saying, you know, if they were warning, there could be problems. Give yeah. it, like give it a chance. Yeah. Um, and then my husband's vasectomy reversal failed. Um, oh, no. So um, Gosh. when we were talking to them, they also said there were other issues when they were looking into when we got him checked out. Usually they're actually quite uh, successful yeah. within nine years. Um, okay. But it had been 12 years. Oh, well, that's <laughs> so, so interesting, years, that three years. Basically, once you hit the 10-plus year mark, then the numbers start to quickly go the other direction. Oh. Um, he also had some other issues, and they were saying, well, they, normally what would happen is you would do a TESE or aspiration. Uh-huh. But because they were finding other underlying issues, they said, this isn't going to be resolved this year. It may take three, four, five years. Um, and with me, I had just turned 41 when we got those results. Oh, I see. Okay, you're good right now, but I can't promise a year, two years, three years from now that this is going to be an option. No. And so we spoke um, about it quite a bit on, well, what do we want to do from here? Um, do we want to wait to try and resolve my husband's issues and see if we need to pay for an egg donor later or do we go and get a sperm donor which costs hundreds of dollars instead of coming from Canada where you can't pay for eggs looking at tens of thousands going to the US it's a lot more expensive coming from Canada if you're looking for an egg donor you okay. can't just pay someone, which means then you have to go and look for someone. Okay. Um, there isn't like a catalogue of egg donor. You now need to ask other people. Oh. And we didn't actually feel comfortable. We Like there may be some health repercussions for doing uh, egg donation. Okay. And it's one thing if we as a couple decide to take on that risk. It's yes. another thing to be asking someone to do that out of the goodness of their hearts with no pay. I'm like, oh. It's a lot to ask. It is a lot to it ask. It doesn't feel fair. I think if it was my first, I would feel differently. Of, yeah. You know, this is for a very good reason, whereas I've already had three children. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like that's not, it doesn't feel fair, it doesn't feel right to put that on them. I don't feel comfortable with that at all. I, I understand, yeah. We decided after thinking about it, well, what's the difference between me not being related to the baby genetically or my husband not being related to the baby genetically, the bigger difference for both of us then comes down to money. Okay, yeah. So thinking, okay, at that point, we're going to look at the money issue. (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, that's an excellent way to break it down. I mean, if it doesn't matter, of course, next would be the money. I mean, that's a, it's a huge investment. Yeah. Huge. So we decided to go with that. Although we didn't make it that much cheaper because they said if we do sperm donation, I had the option of IUI. Okay. And I said, no, I am not comfortable with that. (laughs) 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 It's one thing if it's my husband. I'm like, okay, I can totally live with that. That's That's so funny. No, I am totally squeaked out by that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I never even really thought about it like that. 
I can see it now. You're right. I mean, yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, it's, it kind of reveals my maturity level on that. But also, we thought, you know, the IUI rates for women plus 40 weren't very good. I mean, the IVF isn't that great, let alone IUI. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? We could do several rounds of IUI and squeak me out. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, do IVF so and improve my odds to start with just a little bit. Let's give me a break you know, at yeah. some level. <laughs> so we just went straight with IVF at that point. I, I would have probably done the same thing, but... Um, I could also see doing the IUIs too, if it somehow made it more inexpensive for someone who didn't have insurance or something. Yeah, we did have a little bit of help there. My husband's company were really nice. Um, oh, that's great. When we um, spoke to them, um, if you wanted, um, what was it, uh, fertility assistance, um, I can't remember the name for it, um, Yeah, that wasn't included in our... Um, Benefits. It wasn't already included yeah, in our benefits package. Um, Canada has a bit of a mix. Most things are going to be included with universal health care, things like reproductive, not so much. Oh. It gets quite complicated, but to simplify um, this, the medicine, the medications weren't included at all. Um, okay. But when we spoke to them and they could see what our what had happened and everything, they said they'd agree to um, making an exception um, and just had it so that we went up on our benefits plan and then with the promise that we have to stick with that benefits plan for two years. Oh, okay. I thought that was quite nice of them. Yeah, it seems, yeah, it was really nice. I mean, for an insurance company, yeah, or a company, yeah, it's really nice. That was. I wasn't expecting that. I was quite relieved. Oh, I was like, that's okay, so I mean, nice. We still have to pay for the IVF, but at least the medications were covered. Yeah. Was, obviously, we've already paid for a reverse vasectomy, and then you're paying for the IVF, and then paying for um, the medications on top of that. You're thinking, oh my God, are we putting, <laughs> what are we spending here? I know, I know. It is. Um... A hard, it's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> Mine's still stuck in my throat. <laughs> oh, God. So when was this? I forget. When did you do your IVF? That was the beginning uh, of this year? I think it was January, February was when we did the egg collection. And then late February, I believe, was when we did the um, IVF transfer. So what protocol did they have you on? How what When you went for baseline, what was your baseline like? I think I was told I had um, 11 follicles on one side. Oh, that's like great. 12, 12 on the other. That is so fantastic. Yes, that is beyond pretty good. <laughs> I thought, you know, that's... that's that was pretty good. Yeah. I, I was told it was above average, but yeah. That would be a bit and above average. Did, um, the egg retrieval, I had 21. Wow. That is... You know, it's probably from that I got those numbers. I think it must have been eight and nine from the baseline. Eight and, and nine? I think I got eight or nine, like eight on one side. And like okay. So... But yeah, and then with the medications and then doing the egg retrieval, I had 21 eggs. Wow, that's fabulous. And you weren't taking any vitamins or anything yet, right? Like you you were pretty Uh, natural. I've been taking prenatals from 
time my husband uh, got his vasectomy reversed. Okay, so, so that I was... I've been taking prenatals at the very least. Okay, well, that is fantastic. Yeah, I was, you know, kind of relieved. I was thinking, oh, my God, this, this doesn't work, and we've spent all this money, I feel oh my really gosh. good because we already have kids, and, you know... Oh, well, I know that would be part of how you felt, but you deserve to have a beautiful family that you want, too, just as anybody else does. Do you remember if they put you on menopause? Oh, you know what? Your medications are probably different in Canada, so I probably wouldn't recognize them. They do use menopause. Oh, yeah, I had menopause. I actually have the thing here. So first there was the cetratide. I took a morning, and then I had menopause. 150 IU after 5 p.m. Okay. So that's that. And then, hold on, I should have, oh, there was Recovel that I was on. I wonder what that one is. I wonder if that's the FSH. I'm not sure. I'm not either. That was uh, once daily IPM. Those ones were starting cycle day three, the Menopure and Recovel. I bet the second one, um... Does it say the IUs? Not the menopore, but the other one that you uh, did at 5 p.m.? It says 12 dosage. Hmm, interesting. So yeah. It was just a pen. I've got the advertising company's thing here. It says Folytropin Delta Injection. Folly. That must be like Folistim here. That must be the, the FSH. All right. So, yeah. No, that seems like a good protocol. I did like menopore. I... I feel that it works really well for older, uh, older, I hate saying that, <laughs> for more mature women. Yeah, that's fine. It's it's hard to know going into this because they're told you've got a good number of eggs, can't tell you what quality those yeah. eggs are. Yeah, yeah. So when you're going through it, you're like, oh, how <laughs> I know. The other thing he used to concerned about was because I had obstetric cholestasis with other pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um. It indi- that is caused by your body struggling to deal with pregnancy hormones. Oh. And so he is very concerned that I might end up with, um, oh, what's it called? Um, ovarian hyperstimulation. Oh, no. And so when he was doing all the whole, he, as he walked me through it, um, he was very much warning me of um okay he probably didn't put you on saying i'm probably going to have to take medications for ohss um before they even do the egg retrieval oh my and sure enough i did end up with um toned down version of it it was under control very quickly i was really appreciative It's great that they were proactive about that. I've never heard of starting it beforehand. I mean, I, why not? I mean, causing it beforehand under the conditions of we already know you struggle with these hormones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's wonderful. Appreciated them. They didn't just wait for things to go wrong. They were very much, okay, well, let's oh, see what this is going to do. And... That's great. I'm glad to hear that you have that relationship or that trust in them. That's so important. And it's hard to find. Yeah, well, I mean, they're the first ones I've been to, so wow, that's it looks great. to me like this is what's the norm, but I have no idea, because what do I compare to? Yeah, I know a lot of, oof, a lot of not-so-good doctors <laughs> out there, oh. you know, horror stories, so you, you sounds like you oh. had a pleasant experience, at least, with the doctors. Oh, yeah, I was happy with them. When they were doing my um, initial take-in, they, um, they watched a cycle, and so they had me going in 
and taking blood oh, wow. and doing transvaginal ultrasounds and counting my eggs each time I went in. And this was without any medications or wow. anything. They did a histo where they went and inject fluid up there. Yeah. To his... take a look. They found a cervical fibroid and then they had a whole discussion on should we leave it there? Should we take it out? What's the best thing to do under these circumstances? I just felt like they were very much actively trying to make sure they dealt with things before they became an issue rather than um, reacting. That's great. That's not common to watch a cycle like that so um, closely. That's great. And it was also kind of helped because it played in later because when they were watching my cycle, they said it's moving really slowly, but it is progressing. Oh. And so it came, became this whole thing of it, it was a theme throughout my treatment, starting from the observation cycle of your hormones are going up, your numbers are going up, everything's growing. They did know <laughs> that's the interesting thing with my eggs where they are actually all pretty close in size textbook so like, yeah well I mean not textbook in terms of the timing they were like no oh, no way, way way behind this is a really slow yeah. that they but can... at the same time they're like you're clearly making progress each time so they said oh just wait a little bit longer wait a bit longer and then the same thing happened with the embryos at the beginning of oh. they're slow but they are doing what they're supposed to do so we'll wait that's great yeah so you got sperm donor and then you yeah. had, tw- you said 20 something eggs removed, 21? 21 follicles. Fo- yes. Um, 18 of them were mature. Oh, wow. Um, 14 of them fertilized. Wow. Um, I only got a couple by day five. They okay. were moving slowly, which is the trend yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, I ended up with eight good embryos that did well. I didn't do what's it called, the um, P- genetic testing. P- I wasn't comfortable with that. Yeah, talk to me about um, what you did. I went to, they have an Australian company. Um, oh, I wish I still knew what the name was. I think I actually got the paperwork around it somewhere here. That would be wonderful. Um, or you can text it to me later. There's an Australian company and they use um, artificial intelligence where they've gone and tracked thousands of women's um, embryos to see which ones resulted in a live birth. Yeah. And so they go and use um, some pretty high-tech photo analysis to go and look at each of your embryos and decide which one is probably going to result in a live birth. And so... There were eight that they part, that got clearance for that. Wow! Um, and then um, we picked the they picked the best two and said we're gonna try moving those. Wow! Yeah, I read it's not available in the US. I'm not sure, oh. but it is available in like Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Germany, wow. uh, India, Canada, and, everywhere but the uh, US. Quite a few. <laughs> Everywhere but the U.S. The <laughs> I don't know. It may have changed, but that's what I noticed when um, someone asked me about it on the 40TTC page. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, well, you must have it in the U.S. And so I then I Googled it. like, no. no oh, man. Okay. So they but, they um, helped you pick I the... I really preferred it because I would have been upset if, like, 
I'd gone and taken a DNA sample from my embryo and then I miscarried, I would be blaming myself afterwards. So I just, I didn't have the stomach for it. I, I know. I'm, I would be afraid that it would actually just kind of like break my embryos apart. Like even the testing, I'm afraid to get it done. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's really scary because you're like, I don't want to waste a cycle on no. a bad embryo, but I don't want to damage one. And I it's know. Very hard to, I know. You try to be reasonable. Trying to figure out what's the most reasonable. And yes, and situation. it's extremely expensive here. I don't know about in Canada. I think it's about a lot of it's the same prices, except um, the testing is all covered by. Um, our universal. Oh. So any of the fertility testing, the observation cycle, um, getting the uh, ultrasounds and the oh, histone, wow. whatever it's called, that that it's... was all covered. I didn't pay for any of that. The blood tests were covered. Wow. Um, so that stuff is a whole lot cheaper, but then the actual IVF itself where uh, they put the sperm and eggs together. Yeah. That's not covered, any of that sort of stuff. You do have okay. the option where I live in Ontario of um, getting your name on a list if you're under 43. Oh. And they cover one cycle free. Oh, well, that's um, even pretty great. It is, but like, then you have to deal with picking which. Um, which fertility clinic you want to go to, who has the shorter list, who has the better success rate. And I thought, no, I'd rather just go and ask my family doctor which fertility clinic they prefer, which one they would recommend. And so they recommended one and we went with that one. Yes. Because I just didn't trust, I don't want to end up on a wait list, but I also don't want to go with the one that's crappier. I, I know, that would be difficult. I would want the choice, too, of where to go. Um, but I had yeah. to pay cash, of course, so I did have that choice, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> so that sounds fantastic, that that artificial intelligent photo photographer thing. Yeah. So they, yeah, you picked the stress out. <laughs> you picked the two best ones. And when was your transfer date? Well, I was supposed to do a fresh transfer. But okay. I had OHSS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they said, no, we're not doing that. And so my next cycle, I think they transferred on, it was March 11th. And then what happened after that? I was sent to go and do my two-week wait. Yeah, <laughs> you were sentenced. Um, yeah, it was not, you know, that's just all of that, um, what's it called, you, th- you have one symptom, you're like, oh, does that mean I'm pregnant? And symptom spotting. And then you're like, okay, no, no, it's probably not working. I've wasted a bunch of money. Oh. <laughs> you go back and forth between the two. Yes. <laughs> so you get all this hope and then crushed and then hope and crushed. And so it just went on for days like that. <laughs> um, I got uh, on day seven, I had... Um, what was it, an HCG test, but I was up staying at my sister's place and yeah. not going through the fertility clinic to get my blood work. Um, so I couldn't get the results back. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. But I don't remember what the numbers were. I do That's know okay. They were very high, yeah. But they weren't as high as when I had my IUD baby. 
because I had an IUD when I got pregnant, they actually took my blood samples to test the HCG levels back then. Oh. I actually had, I pulled heroin and ripped apart all my old records to find out what well, is this good or is this, what's a good number sort of yeah. thing. So the first thing was my stomach dropping off. Oh, oh. it's not as high, but I was 28 at the time. So, yeah. And then I also, because we transferred too, I thought, okay, so it's not twins. So I at least lost one of them. Oh, I see. So that was kind of that moment of you're kind of happy and at the same time just a little bit upset. Yes. And I guess that was too much of an assumption on my part because I am pregnant with twins. We <laughs> yeah. found weeks later. Yeah. Numbers don't tell you nearly as much as you put on them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you got, I cannot believe, I was thinking about that this morning before our talk today, and I was thinking, I don't know if I know any success story where on the first try of IVF with, you were 40 years old at that time? 41. 41, both eggs Mm -hmm. made it, and both embryos implanted, yes, and they're, how far along are you now? I am 18 weeks. Yeah. Did you do an NIPT? Do they do that there? Yes, I did have the NIPT testing done at Covered by OHIP. Okay. Um, so that's, um, it's covered if you're having twins or if you're over 37, I believe. Okay. Um, so yeah, they passed that and they passed, I've been going to ultrasounds every four weeks since Good. 12 weeks. Okay. And. Um, they've been passing those. I had my anatomy scan at 20 weeks, so we'll find out how they do on that. Yes. So were they able to tell? Did you want to know it, Know if it was two boys or two I girls? I did or... end up asking because I became overwhelmed by trying to come up with either both two girls' names, <laughs> two boys' names, one girl and one boy. I was like, oh, this is getting too much. Oh. We did ask for both. Unfortunately, the company that sent us the results back for the NIPT um, gave us girl. And so I asked my doctor, so that means two girls? He goes, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All questions. <laughs> One is definitely a girl. We don't know. And then when I did the last ultrasound, she said, why is he a girl and a boy? Oh, so my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> now you're back to square one. <laughs> Well, I know. Well, I don't know if it's two girls or a girl and a boy. But, but so you I'm know, there's a girl. So one of them is a girl. Oh, that's so sweet. A little girl. <laughs> and we'll see um, at the anatomy scan what yeah. the second one is for sure. Oh, I'm. Yeah, that is so wonderful. I'm so happy for you. You really have the the makings of you know ten years younger, probably. I think. What's your secret? Uh, I do know I look younger than my age. <laughs> Tell us all your secrets. Also, it's, it's hard to know because I look at, like, even going into this, I'm looking at my mother's family. Um, my mom, she had her last period at 61. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, that was when she had gone more than six months without a period, and then she had her um, COVID vaccine. Oh. And her period started up again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Her anger and rage. <laughs> she had to go to the doctor, go and get it checked out. They're like, yes, it was a period. Wow. No, you don't have cancer. Yes, <laughs> I know. Your poor mom. 
We've already lost a child recently. We're oh. going to need some emotional support. So oh. we're like, okay, we're telling people what we're doing. Yes, that's wise. <laughs> that is wise. You deserve the support. And I'm sure they wanted to know. I mean, I'm sure you're, and your mother, how is she with it? So excited. Oh. I when I got the photos from the Australian company of the um, embryos, and there are eight of them. She was like, I want to see pictures of my grandbabies. Oh. Like, they're not babies. Mom, they're still embryos. My dog, Paddington, recently got neutered and had a hernia repair. Oh, my. And so coming out of the vets, everyone's at school or work. So it's just me and him, and he's a 40-pound dog. Oh, no. And he bravely walked from the veterinarian clinic over to the car. And he took one look at the jump up the step into the car, and he just flopped on the ground like, he's freaking heavy. Yes, you're going to have to get help. Uh, yeah, so but I, I'm happy. Oh, like, oh no. <sighs> Oh gosh, that's it's like I'm doing fine, and then I do something that I shouldn't. Oh yeah, no more lifting the big the big doggy. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. He's I know. Such a good boy. He's been so good through all of this. Oh, <laughs> and how old is he? He just turned a year. We waited for his first birthday to oh. um, get him neutered because we wanted him to finish growing. Yeah. But it's also been a bit of a pain because we can't kennel him and Paddington. we can't take him to the dog park oh. and all of that stuff you have to hold off on. You know, I have to so. say this. You talking about your dog and the park and his name being Paddington reminds me so much of my first son. His favorite movie was 101 Dalmatians. You know the movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just imagining that movie in my head right now. <laughs> Just the dog park and the... Britain, we love our dog. I went to Paris to visit my ex-husband's family once, and my sister-in-law and I went to a fancy restaurant, and it was beautiful, and there was a musician, you know, playing, and it was just so great. And this lady was sitting next to us with her dog, and he was eating from the table. <laughs> so I was like, everybody loves their dogs, apparently. <laughs> Restaurants around here, they let them um, outside on the patio. Yeah, yeah. The patio is at least something. Yeah. Paddington's very excited. He gets some, um, oh. his favorite, he likes salmon. He, and that's a perfect age, too, for the baby. So he'll oh. be a little older. That'll be great. Well, my mum got um, an Australian Labradoodle, and um, she wanted to breed... Uh, her dog just once so that she'd be able to keep one of the puppies so her dog would have family oh yeah and she managed to find a breeder who would agree to it and then once her dog had uh, three puppies she was like oh i don't want to give up all three of them. oh <laughs> so uh, we agreed to take the uh, one of the puppies oh i love your mom Oh, she, she does things her own way for sure. That's funny. <laughs> well, it'll be a perfect age, you know, to keep them entertained a little bit. And Yes, I've been so pleased with how well behaved he's been. I was very nervous of trying to get to get this dog through the puppy training. And I then, don't blame you. And then he didn't end up needing it. By the time we managed to get him into a place, he had already learned, to, he'd already potty trained himself. Oh, almost. He'd already learned to come when he was called. I've just been very impressed with him. He's been very Aww. smart. And my nan had an old English shepherd, a sheepdog, 
and um, the big white and gray ones. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So her boss um, had uh, got this uh, purebred dog, but he lived in a flat. Realized kind of late that he did not have the room for this. And so my nan, she agreed to take him. The London side of my family, not dog fans. She couldn't live with the thought of, oh my God, they're going to put him down because he's an idiot. Uh, oh. <laughs> she took up this big old English sheepdog and she could see part of the reason why he didn't want this dog was he was so stupid. <laughs> oh, he was a dog. With so, he was the most patient little patient giant you've ever Oh, I, I, I love those dogs. Pulling on his ears and everything. Oh, that is would, so like, Herders all in together at the park, or we'd be taking the bus, and you'd have the bus driver saying, "You can't let that on here." And she's like, "He wants to try and hurt these six kids." <laughs> so they would let the dog on the on the bus. They gave up and let the dog on. It probably took up the whole bus. Oh yeah, because there was the three of us, and then my aunt. That and is three. darling. So that's all of my nan's grandchildren, and we're all. Um, I think four and under. Oh my goodness sakes. Yeah. So they needed that dog. Her trying to herd us. That is so cute. He wasn't smart at all. Poor dog probably got tortured by us. My little one, I just have the one and he's just a terror with a dog. Oh yeah. He's just starting to learn, yes, that you can't pull on his tail and let him drag you around by it. <laughs> we have a crate that we're hoping a very large one that he he loves his crate. So it's whenever he find he gets something that he really likes. Yeah. Paddington brings it into the crate. Oh, that's good. So what we're hoping is like if we can have that as an off limits thing for the twins when they're born. Yeah. And like this is his safe space. You have to leave him alone when he goes here. Yeah, and that's a good idea. So yeah. that's the hope. I felt going into this whole fertility journey. As soon as I started seeing the numbers for women 40 plus, my stomach kind of went down and I just thought, oh my God, we're doing something with so little hope. I really didn't feel like this was going to turn out well. But at the same time, I couldn't help but think, if I don't try, I'm going to wonder about it later. And I think it was Gretzky that said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But, you know, you've got to give it a try. Even if the numbers don't look good, I felt like you have to try it. And then, okay, maybe it fails and we don't get that. We'll have to move on to something else. But if you don't know, it's not really failure, you know, like yeah. failures, you don't even try. That's a wonderful way to put it. Yes. If it hadn't worked, at least we would have known we tried. I think it's it's so much worse if you don't even try. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you tried. It turned out fabulous. I mean, I think you probably even have more babies in that bunch, you know? <laughs> we plan to donate ones that are left over that's, that's wonderful no embryo donation is is becoming quite a quite a thing and i still don't think a lot of women know they can do that no i'm hearing about this more and more and i and i don't see much talk about it out there um like in the groups and stuff I so anything about it it was um the fertility clinic that's um it was in their original documents, and um, they had the IVF coordinator, mm-hmm. and she spoke to us about that. So, 
So that's where we learned about it. Yeah. It's great that they can be used like that instead of discarded. It's just, it's really wonderful. Well, yeah. I mean, after um, speaking to the IVF coordinator, I kind of watched a few um, YouTube videos about it. And it was uh, kind of sad to see that there's so many people that have frozen embryos and they sit there for years and decades thinking, oh. I know. It's hard. My gut inclination, I think I would have probably donated them to science, but that was probably what we would have done. I'm not comfortable with donating my embryos to another woman. And we all feel our own different ways and all of that. And that's all fine. So but I didn't want them to just yeah. be discarded. So I think I would have probably done the, the science. We asked if there's more demand for this IVF science, uh, this, uh, science research or if it was more for families looking. Yeah. And she said for the families. And so we were just happy to go with whichever yeah. The, yeah. more demand was. And um, I think, I guess it's really like how you feel about where an embryo becomes a child. And I think at that stage, to me, there's still ingredients. Yeah. And so, like, then I see an egg as an ingredient to a child. or Yeah. And I see sperm as an ingredient. I see the embryos as still ingredients to me. So I feel like I'm handing one else ingredients to make a person. It's still going to be their body growing it. Yeah. It's going to be nurturing it. So to me, I don't feel like I'm giving them my child because yeah. I don't feel like I have any attachment to them at this point and they're just a potential they're like my mother does not see it that way at all yes I think I mean it's not her decision no I can understand and respect that's not true for everyone yeah but true for me it makes sense to donate your embryos are probably fairly good quality whereas mine I mean I'm afraid I would be setting a woman up for a miscarriage like it would it's I that's really how I feel at this point so oh you know I'm I'm not banking good quality I know I I like the thought of helping someone yeah I know even with my son when he was sick just that helpless feeling of yeah you want to be able to do something yeah you know but yeah I mean I guess I what we did with the we I think what's happened is they hang on to it for a year. Okay. The embryos, so there's six left. And at the end of the year, we can finish the paperwork. But the initial paperwork, we've gone and said where it's open or closed. We're leaving it up to the person who um, takes them. I'd rather... Okay. I'm thinking if someone's reached the point where they're going for embryo donation, they've don't have a lot of choices a lot of yeah. things haven't gone how they wanted them no. and so i'd like to give them some sort of control that is so generous what happens next and so i'm like i don't want to force ourselves into their lives and so i'd rather it be something open-ended of you can have a relationship with us you cannot have a relationship but wow. i prefer it just be everyone on the same page that is great i i love that idea that's a great thing to think about too if, for other women who might not have thought about that option. So, and because when you're on the other end looking, I mean, yeah, it can make a difference. So, I mean, I I think you, once you've been through an experience of like losing choices, you don't want to be someone limiting someone else's. That's so true. No, I think that's great that you're, you're donating those. That's wonderful. I know uh, quite a number of women who are pregnant with 
donor embryos or donor eggs, donor sperm. So it's really important. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope it helps no, them. it is incredibly important. I'm not setting them up for failure. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I hope I've been helpful. I hope that someone hearing this has, you know, just gains a little bit of perspective. I, I think, you know, there's women already trying and they don't need to be told, give it a try. But I do think for some women, you read some of their posts online and you realize they're not even, they're, they're too scared to even try. And I feel like, you yeah. know, those little people I'd really like to speak to and say, you don't know. That's true. Until you've gone and got it all checked out. You don't know. And even if you do get it checked out and you have no success, so many women after a couple of years of not having success over 40, then they just get pregnant. Sometimes yeah. it really can take a while. A long while. Yes. So not that I'm, you know, telling anybody you need to wait that long. No, no, no. You, <laughs> you, everybody does that go. As long as you're comfortable. Yes. Wait as long as you're comfortable. Yes. So thank I hope it was helpful. Yes. I'm really glad you're doing this blog. So thank you thank so you. much. Okay. Goodbye. Have a good day. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like more information, please go to www.com no triggerwarnings.com check it out subscribe it's totally free and it lets me know that i'm reaching people i'll see you next saturday